10% of the world's population is affected by mental health, while 20% of young adults and teens suffer from some type of mental illness. That leaves every one in five young adults slash teens to suffer from mental illnesses such as anxiety disorders, depression, eating disorders, or personality disorders. The Bell Jar by Sylvia Plath takes place in the 1950s in New York City and Boston. Post-World War II, there is an economic boom in New York, leaving in a lively environment in which Esther Greenwood, the main character of the story, lives as a college student and works as a guest editor for a fashion magazine. The setting of the lively environment contrasts greatly with her declining mental health and indifference for life. Sylvia Plath, the author, reveals the reality of mental health in young adults in the book. The theme of the book addresses how challenging it was to be a woman during the 1950s. This idea backs up the social norm that gender was a big issue during this time period. Sylvia Plath opens a new perspective on the fine line between madness and sanity through Esther's interactions with herself and the world she lives in. So, Addie, how do you think Esther's physical and mental state break down the stigma of mental illness? Um, so while Esther is at her school that she's going for for journal- journalism and she's given this awesome like opportunity to do all these things and go to these awesome parties, um, she explains how um, I just bumped from my hotel to work to parties and from parties to my hotel and back to work like a numb trolley bus. I guess I should have been excited the way most of the other girls were, but I couldn't get myself to react. I felt very still, very empty. The way the eye of a tornado must feel, moving dully dully along in the middle of the surrounding hullabaloo. So when she explains this, she's just saying how she gets this awesome opportunity to live and work and go to a school for free in New York City because of a scholarship. But for some reason, she feels out of place and she wonders why she's not happier while surrounded with all these amazing things going on around her. And she just kind of feels out of place and doesn't really understand why. Mm, Yes, I totally understand where you're coming from with that. People who suffer from these mental illnesses, they tend to feel some sort of guilt despite all these blessings that they've been given in their life. But because of the mental illness, it prevents them from feeling that full surge of happiness that they should be feeling despite everything that's happening around them. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I definitely cool. agree. How did Esther look and feel before seeing the second doctor for help? Um, so Esther was in a really bad mental state before she went to go visit another doctor. She had already been seeing a doctor previously, but after she was, um, after her mental health got to such a dark place, she decided to see a second doctor. Um, she explains in the book how I hadn't washed my hair in, 
in three weeks. I hadn't slept for seven nights. It seemed silly to wash one day when I would have to wash it again the next day. It made me tired just to think of it. I wanted to do everything once and just be and and for all and be through with it. Um, in this quote, it's clear to the readers that she's suffering from really um, intense depression and insomnia because she couldn't sleep. And she also just struggled with doing like everyday tasks such as like taking a shower or um, or doing just cleaning herself like a normal normal person would be able to do and she just thinks of it as like a chore and something that just is like tiring to even think of so from this you can really just see how dark and such a dark place she is because of her mental health do you think the first doctor helped her at all or since the first doctor she fell more into a depression I think that the first doctor probably helped her, but up until a certain point, there's only so much one person can do. But I definitely feel like her having to go to a a different doctor probably made her feel almost kind of bad about herself, you know, because the first doctor couldn't help her, you know, and I'm sure that kind of just made her feel bad. And then the second doctor also gave her this, like, shock treatment, which she... She really hated and she really did not like it. And she was kind of scared to be going to these doctors because she thought that they would put her in like hospitals and just kind of make her feel like almost like not human. You know what I mean? Yeah. How did conservative America in the 1950s have an effect on women for Lily? Yes. Well, during conservative America in the 1950s, the world was seen very sexist towards men and women, and women were not very employed and did not have the same jobs that men had. And Marco kind of downplays Esther by saying that he set his teeth at the strap of her shoulder and toward the sheath to her waist slut the word hissed by my ear slut so this quote kind of shows how marco was really sexist towards women and didn't really care for their well-being and just cared more about their appearance all right yeah so how would you say that esther was different from other women during the 1950s Esther was different than other women during the 1950s because she didn't really want to serve men or didn't like the idea of serving men. And Sylvia Plath makes this known by saying, The trouble was, I hated serving men in any way. I wanted to dictate my own thrilling letters. And she wanted to make it known that she didn't want to be a regular housewife and wanted to do things in the world that weren't seen for women to do. Uh, yeah, I definitely agree with what you're saying. Um, I feel like part when she talked about how she had other ideas of like jobs and careers she wanted to pursue, such as like journalism, and she talked about how she didn't want, she didn't really like the idea of thinking how she'd be trapped in the house all day just taking care of children. I feel like that's also another thing that kind of describes how she was different. So, Emma, why did Esther compare the people in the psych ward to the people in her school? 
Well, towards the end of the book, Esther is back in the psych ward and she says, I made out men and women and boys and girls who must be as young as I, but there was an, a uniformity to their faces, as if they had lain for a long time on a shelf, out of the sunlight, under siftings of pale, fine dust. Here she is describing these people as... So Esther is using the faces and actions of the patients to show the similarities to the students at her school. This feeling of being trapped, whether it be mental or literal, like the symbol of the bell jar, is shared by the sane students and the psych ward residents. And this kind of explains how this line between madness and sanity is, has no strict or hard set definition. It's more of a societal thing. Interesting, interesting. Cool, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, how did Esther symbolize her life? In the beginning of the book, Esther describes her life as like a fig tree. She says, I saw my life branching out before me like the green fig tree in the story. From the tip of every branch, like a fat purple fig, a wonderful future beckoned and winked. I saw myself sitting in the crotch of this fig tree, starving to death, just because I couldn't make up my mind which of the figs I could choose. I would choose, pardon. So Sylvia Plath uses the symbol of the fig tree to demonstrate the plight many young people face even today in the modern world. All these possibilities of life and the inability to grasp them despite the world forcing one to one too is crushing. These branches in the fig tree symbolize these many possibilities slowly growing out of reach and all these different paths that people could take, but this world that they grew up in prevents them from doing that. I really think that Esther symbolized her life really well by using a fig tree and how each fig would represent a different branch of her life. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I, um, in conclusion, the Bell Jar was published in 1963. This is a time period that did not look greatly upon mental health or women. So this book kind of was like kind of exposed like the realities of mental health, like I said at the beginning. And it kind of just let people look at women in a different light, as well as mental health, kind of making it as less of a taboo subject and kind of opening the doors to more conversations about this subject. I I would definitely say, I feel like the book was really interesting. Like, I feel like, I used to love reading a lot, but recently in the past few years, like, I haven't, like, read as much. But I feel like this book, like, really, like, grabbed my attention for some reason. And I feel like part of the reason was because the author talked about things that were, like, that are kind of, like, uh, like, stigmas in the world that, like, no one really talks about. And I thought it was really interesting how she talked about, like, the really deep, dark thoughts that she had that like really are never talked about in the world like even the part where she was like swimming at the beach and she had like these thoughts of like committing suicide which is like really really 
sad it's like a really real thing in the world and it's something a lot of people struggle with so I feel like it was really cool that the author kind of kind of showed this you know and it showed that she showed like a first person a view of like what am I trying to say like it showed like it showed like it showed the real thoughts of someone who struggles with suicidal thoughts or depression or someone that really just has really struggling with mental health and I thought that was really cool that the author described these thoughts yes Sylvia Plath was actually um she suffered from depression for some of her life so the book definitely shows like this very vulnerable side of her in a way even if it's not specifically about her yeah for sure for sure Mm. yeah I thought this book was just really cool for like the time period you know just because when it came out like I'm sure there's definitely not books like this that were coming out often you know Mm -hmm. so I just thought that was really cool yes I guess that concludes the podcast. Any last words before we cut it? Read off? the book. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for sure. It's definitely a good book to read. I would definitely recommend it mm-hmm. people to read. Yes. Goodbye to the podcast. Goodbye, all. All right. Bye, guys.